You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode number 134. God, 134 episodes. It's crazy, right? This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. We talk about pop culture, nostalgias, nostalgias. <laughs> As in plural. <laughs> Many nostalgia. I am a, nostalgic for the 80s. A plethora of the 90s. And, and the 2000s. <laughs> My name is Alan Jacksonville, and I am joined by Eddie Tallahassee. I cannot be Eddie Tallahassee. Yes, you I can. hate. No, I cannot. You're totally Eddie Tallahassee. I, nope. I am the Orange Blossom Bandit. I am totally no. I cannot do anything with Tallahassee being. I can He's be Eddie Gainesville. Boy, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I already I, claimed it. He's Eddie Tallahassee now, just because he doesn't want to be. Nope. I am Eddie Gainesville. No, it's Jimmy's episode. Jimmy, what is he? Eddie Tallahassee, Rob <laughs> Miguel, awesome bandit. Oh, yeah, and we are joined by Ashley of A Hair Affair. Hi, and we will. Hello, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. And we'll get into uh, what Ashley does here in a little bit. This week, we are joined by Ashley, and we are going to talk about the 1972 film starring Sam Elliott, Frogs. We will also be doing a quick update on some of the things that we uh, we either started and didn't finish or hadn't seen yet. I think Greg's going to revisit a couple of things here. And we're going to talk about the new sci-fi opera Shutter exclusive, Blood Machines. Ooh, yes. So as always, guys, remember, this is a review show. We're probably going to spoil the shit out of some 1972 horror movies named after innocent little frogs. But we'll try to avoid any major twists. But if we are talking about something you haven't seen, read or listened to yet, you might want to come back later. Any news? Well, I have some news. I have some fantastic news. Ashley, have you watched What We Do in the Shadows? I have not. I haven't, but I've walked in on Rain watching it a couple times. And it looks ridiculous. I walked in creepy paper part. Oh, creepy paper. (laughs) So good. One of the many, many uh, uh, just really funny little segments. Um well, I think a lot of people think it's funny enough because it has been reviewed, reviewed, renewed for a season three. Yay. Which is so exciting because who would have ever thought? I don't know. I, I could have only hoped that it would have lasted this long. When it is, we will have a season three and absolutely cannot wait for that. I believe and it's on FX. Yes. It's on FX uh, airs Wednesday night. So right after we are done here, I'm going to watch it. Excellent. I have. Excellent. uh, 
<laughs> See what I did there? Dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I, I think their their current tag is like fearless or something, but F excellent is even better. Uh, I have a little bit of uh, uplifting news for once, Ooh. and I'm I'm very uh, I, I get the all oh, warm and fuzzies when I talk about this. Um, we talked about last week the re-release of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two. Well, Tony Hawk mm-hmm. is in the news for an absolutely amazing reason a video went viral after a six-year-old boy in georgia delivered a skateboard to his fedex driver he asked the fedex driver to take that skateboard as a gift to tony hawk the video went viral tony hawk saw the video released his first tiktok video ever thanking Mm -hmm. cooper for the skateboard the skateboard found its way to tony hawk and Tony Hawk sent uh, a skateboard back. Uh, the little boy Cooper is absolutely adorable. It's just one of those absolutely amazing stories that, uh, you know, I, I think the world needs right now. And it's just an adorable exchange. If you, uh, if you go check it out, these little kids are so old school skaters. You get the long hair and just mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Um, so, you know, there are, Good celebrities still out there. I like his Twitter and like all of the responses that he gets to being Tony Hawk is like still today. And it's stuff like she'll like look at his his ID and she's like, oh, you have the name is that skateboard. I wonder what he's doing. And she's probably and he's just like probably standing in line at customs. (laughs) (laughs) I I saw a really funny video. He just he just shows up random places and he was uh, skating in a, a pool at some apartment complex. This dude comes out and he goes, yo, yo, Tony Hawk. And he's like filming it. And he's like, yo, I'm gangster, but I know who Tony Hawk is. Like, I'm the mayor of this apartment complex. You could skate here anytime, man. So, uh, Tony Hawk is, is God, he's still a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how many times that guy's fallen, but he still kills it. And uh, good on yeah. you, Tony Hawk. Oh, absolutely. Speaking of celebrities and old school, I've got a question for you guys. Have okay. either have either of you seen the uh, the supposed comeback video of one Mike Tyson? Dude gives me nightmares. <laughs> uh, I did not. I saw the still image of it. You don't watch it. Dude, it's <laughs> terrifying. He's fifty three years old and he just looks. Now, he's scary. My question for you is, is how far do you see his comeback going at 53 years old? I've, I've, uh, I've heard a lot of interesting responses to this question on mm-hmm. ESPN. Um, one of the, the hosts that I, I agree with um, in the afternoon said, man, if he comes back and does a charity fight and he really feels it, then we're going to watch this 53-year-old man, 53-year-old man try and make a run at the belt. Um, mm-hmm. Mike Tyson's a funny dude. He's he's still unpredictable and, and real scary. I mean, he's got it. He's still got it. Um, I, 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 I would not like to see him at 53, 54 go in there and get his ass handed to him. 
That right. would just be sad. When uh, did he retire? How old was he when he retired? It's, he's been gone for years, like yeah. at least a decade. He's been gone for a long time. I mean, aging happens, but <laughs> he looks. So there is a charity thing that they like. The, is that actually happening? It's a what? It was 2005. Uh, okay. That he retired. So yeah. That's, yeah. So 15 years. Um, he, but I, I know there was some sort of charity thing that was talked about, but I don't know what it, what it is. It was not an he, actual boxing match, right? No. Well, he said that he would, he's entertained the idea of coming back and doing charity matches. Um, okay. That's what he said at first. However, you get that, that one victory or that one shot and, you know, you, you feel that good. You, you know, I, I don't know. He, he looks good enough to, to hang in there with the big dogs. Um, well, I mean, while I, while I think he looks good, I mean, I just, at 53, I wouldn't see if, if he were to try and make a run, I wouldn't see him. I mean, he might catch a couple of people by surprise. I, like, like, I think he could take out some of the lower ranks, but I don't think he could compete with the, uh, with the contenders. Yeah. I, I would hope just to see him do charity matches, maybe not take it too serious. It's mm-hmm. it's hard to turn that off. I imagine. Um, I, I would really hate to see him at 53, 54, let's get 53, 54 and get like rocked more than he already has his career. I, I would hope he keeps it light. I, and yeah, there's a bunch of people. I wouldn't mind seeing him beat up though for charity. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the what are those YouTube the two YouTube guys that are like that like got oh, the really, idiot brothers yeah yeah the ones that like took pictures of dead bodies and stuff yeah um see I'm old because uh, I, I don't know those people yeah yeah, yeah. I I would actually get that pay per view I would buy it for all of you watch <laughs> that because you know they're about to take an ass whipping yep get my popcorn it'd be nice but i mean i feel like we've seen crazier things than mike tyson like actually winning a boxing match again and i realize 53 is you know old physically for boxing compared to like the younger kids that are out there and i I realize that of the group of us i'm the youngest but i don't feel like 53 is that old given like our current timeline with a lot of people like i mean we have people like look at sylvester stallone like that dude is i would not want to take that dude on in a mat like a fight like when granted it, you know I, it's not like i'm a match against him but <laughs> i would I, also pay for that match like <laughs> <laughs> ashley versus sylvester stallone <laughs> but like i think that the possibility for him to do well is still out there it kind of just depends on how well he's taking care of his body over time and then also the whole psychological side of all of it. Like you're going to have some young kid and I feel like you're either going to get the mentality of, well, this dude's old and I'm the new round, or you're going to get somebody that's like, I'm not hitting him. Like, are you crazy? I'll kill <laughs> like, him. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, that, but also like, this could be like, he could be someone's idol. Like that could be the person that they're looking up to. And now suddenly like they have to be in the ring with him and they can either like honor him by doing their best or honor him by not. <laughs> Well, I don't I don't doubt that he would win a match. I I I think that he could still compete, like I said, with some of the lower ranks, but I mean, he I mean, he could totally kick my ass and I'm not I'm not <laughs> debating that, but what I'm saying is is that competing against people whose job this is, yeah. I really don't see him competing against the the high ranks of the contenders. I'd I'd be scared to uh watch him fight against a 
Anthony Wilder or a, a Tyson Fury. I would not want to watch that. Um, would I watch him and Evander Holyfield in a charity fight playfully biting <laughs> each other's ears? Sure. I wanted, yeah, I, that was my immediate thought was that. And then the most, the recent uh, Evander Holyfield meme that was him with his mask on the side of his face and it just says, damn it, Mike Tyson. Yeah, because it won't stay. <laughs> oh, God. Which, uh, which I think both of us thought because my mom actually posted that online. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> yeah, I know, it, it doesn't, but. <laughs> um, that's one I'd like to see. Nothing too serious. Just have fun with it, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. What are the, I got oh, you got uh, oh I got a child behind me. You got an intruder. He's got uh, his, his water <laughs> over here. Uh, <laughs> but he's good enough to run out of there as quietly as possible. Uh, one little bit of news here. This thing I think I don't know if we talked about it or not, but there was a documentary that was supposed to come out called Rise of the Synths. They did a, a crowdfunding thing. It didn't go through, unfortunately, but then eventually it got funded and they got it made. Uh but they are doing a fun little charity thing. Finally, like, yeah, finally able to be wa- viewed on May 29th. So this episode is probably will probably come out bef- uh, after them, unfortunately. But it is something you guys can track down. We'll see how I'm feeling. Uh, yeah, it will be uh, at Vimeo on demand for 24 hours. You can watch this thing uh, with a special uh, interview with. Um, let's see, these are all names from like Belgium. So I'm going to mess them all up. <laughs> they could also be names from like Baltimore and I would still mess them up. But uh, Valingo with special guest director, Yvonne Castell, uh, Ogre, got that one right. And Mecca Malco uh, from Canada. So these are some synthwave artists. And Nailed it. You know who Mecca Malco is? It's Haley Stewart. Uh, i on so well, many tracks. From yeah, but they, they this particular has it as an L. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I believe that's happening. Um, the stream will be 24 hours. Uh, it, it will be available, but they will be doing after that. I think they'll be doing different uh, streaming screenings with different artists. So yeah. the, the big thing, I'm, I'm so excited to see this finally come out. It's narrated by Mr. John Carpenter. Um, there's a really fun uh, teaser video where he's just kind of talking. I, I, I don't think John Carpenter gets it that he, that he's just like, I just like to try and make good movies with, with good soundtracks. It's like, dude, like he doesn't understand why you, you don't uh, know. <laughs> like he, I don't think he, he, he's just a humble dude. He's just like, I don't know how I inspired this whole resurgence of everything, but he did. It's great. Hopefully there'll be one hosted by him. Uh, definitely keep your eyes on Rise of the Sense. Uh, and I think it's a, uh, I did look it up. It's like $6.99 for the 24 hour. Uh, like it's, it's a bunch of things. It's a movie. There'll be per- live performances. There'll be a bunch of stuff. It will, it, uh, and it's on Vimeo on demand, which is another thing. A so new you, thing. Yeah. Fucking throw your money at this thing, man. <laughs> they started, they kept adding people and adding people every time it was like it's coming out then they add this synth artist this one this one this one i'm just like come on just put it out so it's finally here i'm so excited i will watch it and if it's good i will buy it okay i think that takes us away from some of the news you know uh jimmy yes sir you you know how how we know ashley yes 
from from all being living near each other in the same state. Yep. <laughs> and yet she's normal. One. Good on and, you. And then left the state. Good on you, I say. Um, but what state is that, Jimmy? That is the state of WTF, man. That is welcome to Florida. It's a wonderful transition. Thank you. Thank for you. A, uh, the best part about he, that is that I am actually a native Floridian, so it is ah, as kind of a miracle that I am, in fact, normal. <laughs> Which just furthers my point that weird Floridians are not generally Floridians. <laughs> I, I think when they move to Florida, their brains kind of fall out as they cross the border. Well, I mean, like you think like you live somewhere else and then you suddenly go to a state and it just starts baking up there and you're not used to it. There's <laughs> it's just cooking. She, she says she's normal, but behind her, what you guys can't see is there's a, a dude making out with a flamingo. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm a Floridian. It's a rosy eyed spoonbill. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm from Pittsburgh. I don't know my birds. Anyway, Jimmy, <laughs> what, what happened in Florida this week, month, year, whatever? <laughs> Well, recently on an island in Florida, uh, a <laughs> gentleman is very well off. He uh, his compound was overrun by reptiles, and though he, <laughs> he wow. tried his very best to uh, proceed with some July Fourth games, uh, it uh, it it didn't happen. As everyone on the island was eaten by a reptile or poisoned, something like that. This happening. I, in, I heard that was frogs, not just reptiles. Well. The media, man. Right? <laughs> Fake news, man. <laughs> I'm trying so hard not to make a 5G joke. God. <laughs> you absolutely can. <laughs> Go for it. Please do. <laughs> well, like, there's only so much 5G they can take, right? So, like, they we've had these frogs, and, like, now they're the scapegoat in the media, and they didn't really do anything wrong. They just... I guess... Yeah. I can't. I can't. Combined. <laughs> they're just being warped by the 5G? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just... It's gotten so blurred out of proportion. I can't take this seriously. I'm sorry. <laughs> This is very rare that the guest is the one that that causes to, to lose their minds. <laughs> so, did you did, did you issue a Florida story for the for the tale of the movie that we just watched? Maybe, or maybe not. The story, the movie that we are covering today is Florida enough. Wow. So Man, I can't a good one too. I guess I'll get to do that. Why don't you go ahead and do one then? I don't have it with me. I'll do it next time or two times from now. Rob's next. You know, I have basically every free second of my life. I've been making videos for to, for my students and classes since we've had to kind of move online. So a lot of these, a lot of these movies that we, you guys have had a chance to watch and review. I didn't get a chance to finish because I've had to edit movies. So, uh, I did finally finish Star Wars Fallen Order Ooh. on PS4. And? It's so good. It is so good. Um, I will say, now, in a year that Baby Yoda graced us with his little, adorable, 
greenness. It's not baby. It's not the best thing that Star Wars came up with this or Lucas <laughs> came up with this year, Lucasfilm, whatever. But the child, the care. Yes, the child. Uh, but everything else about that game is the second best Star Wars thing of the year. Um, the game is fun. It's it's fun to play. The characters are great. I actually cared about the side characters. Um, the voice acting is awesome. Uh, there's a m- moment I will not spoil at the end of the game that was like, whoa, shit. Did you see the whole game played through, Ashley? Yeah, I every bit of it. Yeah. I have a feeling I... Well... Bleh. Is it the... <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's, that's what I would of, think of. Yeah, the the smoke billowing behind a certain character and whatever. There's yeah, that like okay. there's some sweet night sister action. Everything was awesome. Uh if you like if you like Star Wars or even if you don't, but you like games like uh I mean Uncharted or Arkham Asylum or any of those style games, I highly suggest getting it and playing it. Because it was I don't have a chance to finish games and this one I couldn't not finish. Yeah. I I really, really Enjoyed it. I didn't like physically play it. I mm-hmm. sat next to a person playing it and I wanted to be there for all of it. Um, I wanted to see every part of it. I, it's hard for me to count myself as a Star Wars fan because I didn't see them until later in life, but I had already like known the story. So like I kind of just grew up kind of being like, it was kind of ruined in a way. Um, and that's but with the, the resurgence of them. It's, it's been nice. And so we did, we played that and that was phenomenal. And like, if you haven't played it yet and you are waiting to play it because you're more Sith aligned, uh, I would say that there's still enough of that side of it to it, that it's still worth playing. Like if you don't want to play it because you don't want to be like the good guy, um, I would, I would still, it's worth the story. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's, there's, Enough of every aspect of Star Wars to get you interested from like Night Sisters, things from Rebels, uh, throwback characters. Like there's a Jedi that that is the it's Zeb. It's not Zeb, but it looks like Zeb from Rebels. But mm-hmm. it's that species that was really supposed to be what the Wookiees look like, but they decided to use them. And so like there's a trainer like that. It's just awesome. So, yeah, definitely play that. Um, just some of the other things. I finally got a chance to see Birds of Prey or Harley Quinn or whatever. Mm-hmm. I thought it was okay. It wasn't super memorable. Um, she was great. Margot Robbie, Ro- Margot Robbie was great. Um, I really like Mar- Mary Elizabeth Winstead as the Huntress. Um, really? Really yeah, I did. She was, she was the one I didn't like. I, like. I thought a lot of her stuff seemed really forced. Like, she wasn't quite sure how to act that, like, act that way, but it, it, it I... <clears throat> Maybe it was the way she was told to be. I don't know. I just, you, I just might, I, you might be right, but she was supposed to be someone that was just trained as an assassin from a little girl and didn't really know how to be. So maybe, maybe the, the, the where it fell short for you. I was like, oh, she's doing really well playing this character. I don't know. I, I, I was very, you know, I only know her from, uh, from Scott Pilgrim. Really. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's an interesting casting, but I actually Who like she playing Scott Pilgrim. She's, uh, the she's the the love interest ramona flowers yeah oh i don't names don't stick with me greg has the same problem and uh you and mcgregor <laughs> i thought greg was awesome just too. can't say names yeah see it's well, weird to me for you and weird, names, weird names villain. with me hmm? it's weird seeing you as the villain yes like that one it's hard it's kind of like watching david Tennant and jessica jones be the villain i was just like but you're 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 David Tennant. Like, it doesn't, yeah. I don't know. But Ewan was but so good as a villain. 
he was he was a, a bright spot in the movie for me. Just his, he decided he decided to just play it up. As as did David Tennant, actually. Yeah, he he yeah. did a really good job, and I I, I like Margot Robbie. I think she does a great job for what I picture Harley Quinn to be. Um, but I also I also want to give a nod to Rosie Perez because I thought she was really good as well. But my other favorite, other than Margot Robbie and Ewan, was um, the girl who played uh, Black Canary, uh, the singer. Yeah, yeah. I thought she I mean, did a great the cast job. Was pretty good. It was just a like I watched half of it and then I started falling asleep, so I started up again, and I'm like. I don't remember where, what happened, so I had to like go back. It's but, like a DC movie. Yeah, but it was yeah, better than that. Essentially, it was a smaller it was a smaller story. And then I was like, I went back just a little bit. I'm like, oh yeah, the little girl swallowed the thing, and okay, cool. So I mean, but has DC had any solid movies other than like Wonder Woman or the Dark Knight series with Christian Bale? One could say Aquaman. I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't like a so- it wasn't it like was a great fun. movie. It was fl- it was flawed but fun. Yeah, I didn't I didn't watch like Aquaman. Me. Um, but I don't know. I, DC is so, I love their animated stuff. I want to love the live action stuff. Um, I did like Wonder Woman. I don't think that it hit where the hype was doing. Like it was definitely way better than I would expect. And I think that's why the hype was so built up. Um, but I actually had more of a connection to like Wonder Woman, like as a girl in Batman versus Superman, which is sad because I hated that movie. It was but just, terrible. Like, it was so bad. But like when you so hear bad. the Wonder Woman song, I was just like, ooh, and I got excited. And like it made me, I don't know, like I always describe it as like it makes me want to kick stuff because like it, mm. <laughs> it makes you feel powerful ooh. as like I don't know if everybody feels that way or if it's like a girl thing or what. But I was just like, yeah. And then um, I don't know, like I enjoyed Suicide Squad, but I recognize that it's a bad movie. And I was kind of worried about Birds of Prey and I haven't seen it yet. Um it just kind of like I feel like it went up and then it just went right off the radar. Yeah. And I wanted to kick stuff the other night because I was talking to my brother and he I could not believe the words that came out of his mouth. He actually said that not only did he like Batman versus Superman, but he thought it was the best DC movie out there. I was like, no. you have got to be shitting me. They no. haven't spoken since. I'm not going to watch you this movie. You have to be shitting me. I can't, I can't even with you right now. I just, I'm not, no. I'm not watching well, it. Well, it was movie. like when. When we were talking about bad movies, the like I've been thinking about it over the last couple of days, like knowing that we we're going to film this or record this. And I was thinking like of the movies that I can think of, like I know certain ones that I like are bad. Like I love Resident Evil movies, but I know that they're terrible. Um, Underworld, love them. Terrible. Um, and I just like of all of the movies that I've ever seen, the only ones that I could think of that I like did not want to watch again was Batman versus Superman and Frogs. <laughs> so, so sorry totally... you had to watch it <laughs> but no, i'm fine. so thankful that i watched it <laughs> yeah okay so i'm gonna do two more here jimmy you told me about my best friend's exorcism on the show and then you told me after you had watched it or whatever i didn't watch your best friend's exorcism well, listen to it read it whatever uh that book is freaking awesome oh the book yes um isn't it great it, it, Aplex loved it every oh. well every second except for one. Rest in peace, Max the dog. No, oh, man, that was ooh, yeah. yeah Other than yes. that, really fun. It re- totally reminded me of the books I used to to read when I was a kid, like the the horror movies, the, the horror books that were not quite Stephen King but close. Um, probably got 
signed because of Stephen King being popular around that time. They, but it did have some new twists, which I liked. This was an adult version of Goosebumps. I, I think mm-hmm. this book, if you read Goosebumps when you you know you were right. a kid, um, then then you'll you'll enjoy this. This is just like a progression from that. I think it's oh. an adult version of Goosebumps. I really like the Choose Your Own Adventure Goosebumps. Uh, one last book I got to read. I remember I, a couple of weeks ago I mentioned that a comic shop was doing their like auctions online just mm-hmm. to you know to pay the bills. So they're friends of mine. So I, I ordered uh, four graphic novels of a book called I Hate Fairyland by an artist named Scotty Young. He does really cartoony styles of uh, art. He did. Uh, he got sort of famous doing a book about it was the Wizard of Oz basically in his style. But I Hate Fairyland is about a little girl that basically loves fantasy creatures and stuff like Rob basically yeah. uh, and gets sucked up into a fairy, the fairyland and mm-hmm. they kind of, I wish <laughs> they kind of do a thing uh, very similar to like a- Avengers Endgame, where like you turn, you turn the page in this case and it says like, you know, 30 years later or six years later and everyone kind of gasps. So she gets sucked up. She's like, you know, you have to su- fulfill this quest and you can go back and be with your family. And she's really bad at it. So she ends up stuck there. And basically instead of fulfilling the quest, she just gets a big ax and kills all the fairyland creatures. Um, nice. It's, okay. it's really funny. And then, you know, for a while she's like, wait a second, you know, she kind of get has her groundhog's day moment where she's like, maybe I'm doing this all wrong. Maybe I need to be nice to all the people and, you know, so on and so forth. It's, it's really funny. It really, it was a great, you know, I, I started reading the graphic novels last week and finished all four of them. They were, um, definitely fun, not for kids, although they might look that way, just based on the art style. But uh, if you want something that's definitely a little out of the ordinary, check out "I Hate Fairyland" by Scotty Young. And awesome. Now, and now let's talk about something completely different, Jimmy. Yes, let's, guys. Uh, recently, I released an interview with Seth Eicherman, the director, and uh, we had Flo on there as well who was the makeup artist on the film. And that film, of course, is Blood Machines. It's a Shudder exclusive starring Elisa Lazowski, Anders Heinrichsen, Christian Eriksen, and Natasha Cashman. So glad, that's, so glad that wasn't me. That's how it's done. I didn't even look. Wow. Damn. So, this film is... Turbo Killer Part 2. If you are familiar with Carpenter Brute, the song Turbo Killer, or the video for Turbo Killer, then this is basically Part 2. If you are not, I read this, and it makes me kind of cringe a little bit because I think it's a little misinterpreted. Having spoken to them, um, just that this is the way it's had had to have been described uh, an artificial intelligence escapes her spaceship to turn into a female ghost and challenges two blade runners to a galactic chase. No, no, yeah, I was I was wondering that, too, because I read this after I watched it and I'm like, I didn't really get that out of there. This. <laughs> no, Um. 
I read a comment. I saw it pop up on my Facebook feed because I follow Shutter, and it was you know a Blade Runner this and this, and all the comments were like, "Dude, don't mess with Blade Runner." Blah blah blah. And it's I I feel like it's something that's lost in translation. This is not a Blade Runner film. No. In my interview with them, I said it's. I, I asked if it was almost a spiritual successor to Blade Runner. Innocence, yes. Um, in a in a in a direct sequel, um, not at all. Um, it it attempts to capture, in essence, a spirit of Blade Runner, but it is not a Blade Runner movie. Uh, yeah. I can't emphasize that enough. No. Um, yeah. This this movie is a it's a high French fantasy film um, that ex- explores some pretty out there concepts. It's a very pretty film. Um, visually stunning. The effects in it are absolutely amazing, and I think overall it's very satisfying. Uh, the film is like 41 minutes, but for some reason, Shudder split it into three parts. Including the series. Yeah. Three uneven parts, too. Like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, or whatever they were. I so desperately want to watch this movie without those interruptions. Because you have to sit through the credits, the opening credits, an intro for each of these three episodes that the intro to the second one was like six minutes long. And then you're left with like 10 minutes of the film. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they cut that up. I don't know how they determined that, but that's my biggest problem with it. And and the other weird thing was what I think it was episode two or maybe it was episode three. But while the I think it was two, actually, because while the end credits are running, they're still actually running scenes from the movie. So like they're saying directed by such and such. And then they have like another 20 minute or 20 second seg- segment of the film. And then they're like produced by and then they've got like another segment of it. And I'm like, what what is going on here? This is like they're just throwing the credits in the middle of the movie. Yeah, it didn't make any sense to me why Shutter cut it up that way. Um, because for a 40-minute film, you trap it into three parts. It, it just, you're just like, what? I just started watching that. And then you have to stop. The credits are over. You have to go back to the next part. My Shutter froze on me at some point. Mm. I had to uninstall it and reinstall it. Um, that, 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 that's nothing to do with the directors. That's just my frustration with shutter. Um, but other than that, what did you guys think of it? I, while it was visually a, a very interesting looking film, um, this, this, movie was it it struck me as kind of like a sci-fi nerds like wet dream kind of because it was there was gratuitous nudity 
Um, and we'll we'll ignore for a moment the obvious the obvious uh, imagery with the upside down cross covering the woman's vagina and womb. Um, I, I don't want to ignore that. Well, <laughs> but but I was you, like, you forgot, you forgot that it was the only thing glowing bright white. <laughs> yeah, well, it's still an upside down cross. Um, the womb or the cross was glowing. <laughs> The, yes, the the cross, <laughs> the the cross that was placed over her womb and vagina was glowing. Um, but it, it it didn't really. I mean, I guess it kind of flowed. But I was, I mean, I still don't understand where the girl. I mean, I th- I think whoever wrote this has issues with women. That's kind of how I feel about this movie. I was like, okay. Um, like one of the three girls that are in the movie, you know, he like takes prisoner and plans to use her as like a sex slave. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> he does. That- he, he, the the main character in the film is not a good guy. No, he, he's not, not remotely. So you, you think of, a, you know, a Deckard from from Blade Runner. He was a good dude. Um, This guy, not. His co-pilot, good dude. Um, this guy, he's a he's a space cowboy, uh, a scoundrel who's uh, tired of having a machine fulfill his desires. Basically, so you know they, they he kidnaps the one and, and threatens her with you know uh, you know using her. Um, where it turns out that they uh, she. Uh, is manipulating him into fulfilling uh, what she needs to to yeah, come true, and none um, of that was like laid out, and it, it was like, oh, okay, well, I guess surprise, you know, by not telling us the story, I guess you kind of surprise us, but all right, this, this is not a film for um people who are not familiar with. The, the work that they've done previously with Turbo Killer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think at all. I, I think you really, a, a lot of things are not going to make sense unless you do an exploration of that, um, of, of Turbo Killer. And you, you really kind of look, look into it and, and see what those things are about in it. Um, I, again, I, I thought the in sync with it, <laughs> well, well, Jimmy finds his tongue. Let me let me give my little. Uh, I was just going. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, I'll work on learning how to speak again. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I thought it, definitely the the color palette was interesting. It's there. We've seen a lot of the magenta and red, super saturated, blurry VHS looking color palette recently uh, between. This movie and uh, Turbo Killer and what else? Uh, Halt and Catch Fire opening sequence does it. Just, you know, kind of that throwback to to that look, which is funny because, you know, 10 years ago, us designers would have freaked out at these those colors on a screen. Um, this one still does. <laughs> <laughs> then you'd be angry the whole time. Yeah. Uh, so there's definitely that side of it. The story I was... There was a lot of little interesting bits at the beginning, but I definitely lost the thread later on. Probably about halfway through the second episode, maybe. 
Is that when they're chasing her through space? Yes, right around there. Um, and the fire's coming out her vagina. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did think it was did interesting that because yes, through space. Yeah, flying. Uh, I did think it was interesting that the lead the lead dude as was such a scumbag because it wasn't just like a scumbag like you know he'll steal something or he'll steal some credits to get into a bar or whatever like that. You know, nothing the usual sci-fi stuff. He's like an actual threatening uh, villager with killing them and or raping them. Uh, not usually hero material, which is interesting. And the crotch crosses, Rob, since you mentioned them, um, I did think they were very uh, 1990s comic book where like everyone was trying to outdo the the larger gun. I said very Liefeld, but for every comic book in the 90s, everyone had to have bigger guns and larger pouches on them and more Less crosses. Clothing. Yeah, more crosses uh, on various nether bits. But so I, I, that definitely um, stood out. Uh, but it definitely had a, a good music video feel to it. Oh, it was a it was a, a great long music video. Um, I I again, loved it for that. I I absolutely love the soundtrack. Go ahead, Rob. I was gonna say, but again, you know, by the end of the movie, I'm like, I I still don't know what the end game here was. I mean, we we've got like this huge like Voltron. Uh, naked woman that like you know all the all the other naked women joined together to form this naked woman but i'm like i i don't understand what the point was i don't i don't understand the end game here and this i didn't i was like oh okay you know the the goal i guess was to destroy this giant ship with a bunch of little ships and then form this giant naked woman and i now where do we go from here i I, I don't understand. And to me, I mean, it seemed like it seemed like it was avant-garde for the sake of avant-garde. If you've ever if you've ever encountered that, like like two guys, two guys well, sitting in a room going, oh, man, you know, what would be cool is if we did this. And it and it makes no fucking sense. But they do it anyway. Well, and you're as, like, as, they, as they explained in, in my interview with them, the concept mm -hmm. of, of, you know, French high fantasy, not a concept I'm familiar with. Um, you know, it, it, it certainly is. I think that's something they made up. <laughs> no, cause I've, there's uh, I've, I'm going to forget his name because I'm happy to pull it right out of my brain. But um, one of the, the best comic book artists that ever lived, uh, was a French, uh, comic artist. And a lot of his work got basically turned into fifth element. Mm -hmm. There's some of the weirder elements of fifth element that you're like, what's that from? Um, like the design of the aliens at the end and just some of those weirder things uh, came from that franchise fantasy style. Um, so like, did, did they let you in on what the end game was, Jimmy? I've, I've listened to the, the interviews. I guess they really didn't talk too much no. about that. They didn't really want to spoil anything. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. No, I mean, they don't want to talk about it before it came out. Clearly they want people to watch their film and they didn't want to spoil it. Um, so yeah, that so might be a trait. Tried answer, but yeah, no, they didn't. Is, is there any planned sequel or anything, or was this just kind of like go figure it out for yourself kind of stuff? This was a a a not quite full length directorial debut. Um, this is uh, much longer, and it's a, a greater endeavor than either of them had uh, had tried to do before. Um, 
as far as what their future plans are that I, I don't imagine they, they plan to stay in the same style. So as a continuation and, you know, a, a sequel to a music video, I loved it. I love the style that these guys work in. I love the, um, the effects and, uh, I'm, I'm good with closing that chapter. And, uh, you know, if, if, if they do and, uh, then yeah, cool. Move on. Well, I think just for, you know, for our listeners, I think there's a very large amount of our listeners would be like, what the hell? Cause I, I, yeah. I looked at the shutter reviews of this and they were very polarizing. Uh, the IMDb, IMDb reviews were also very polarizing as well. Yeah. Um, and it was definitely a combination of this is beautiful. I'm not sure what the hell the story was about. Um, a lot of fives, you know, five points for it being really well done, but losing points. Cause I don't know what's going on or, and then people yelling at them saying, you just don't understand what it's about. Oh yeah. Um, a lot of that. So I, th- so I think for our listeners going in, if, if you, if there's a, a movie that we're like, if it's a little bit weird, I'm not going to like it. If you, if you like heard us talk about Mandy and then didn't want to, and then like absolutely hated Mandy, you're not going to like this one. Cause they look almost exactly alike, even though they're different themes, but, uh, there's definitely going to be the, the average film watcher is going to hate this. Now I will say there are definitely aspects of this film that I thought were very good and very well done. Um, I like, I, I really liked the score. I really like how it flowed with the movie itself. Um, the, the colors, the colors and the presentation of the film were, were fantastic. It was very pretty, very nice to look at, but as as far as the and you can say I don't get it, you know, whatever. But as far as the story is concerned, it seemed like they tried to go too deep with it. it. Almost like, you know, they took a shit on a piece of paper, laid it on a table and said, look what I have done. Isn't it beautiful? You know, trying to be so avant garde that it just doesn't make any sense. And it's like, mm, no, no. <laughs> what about the gun? I like the gun. I certainly wouldn't compare this film or 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 make that uh, connection. Um, and and that may be unfair. That may be unfair. However, I will say that it, the I agree with the with the reviews that say you know it's interesting. It's pretty. Um, the the score is excellent. I don't understand one thing about what actually happened in the story it doesn't tell a coherent story um and i it, is it a waste of time no absolutely not it's it's short enough that it's worth taking a peek even if you hate it because there are aspects of it that are worth watching mm-hmm. that's the title of rob's uh, sex tape it's short enough there, that if you take a peek <laughs> there are definitely <laughs> aspects of it that are worth watching now that I I mentioned the gun. The gun had some really cool things, like when he blasts the gun and the the laser beam stays there, and he flips the thing around into it. The, the woman, the, you mean? Yeah, flips the. I forgot, I forgot who it was, but yeah, it was the woman. That's yeah, the woman with the staff that's like strangling him. Yeah, like that was awesome. I I loved the screen where the one dude kept on telling him to get back to wherever they were, wherever they were supposed to be going. Like I loved the like dome shaped screen. I thought that looked really cool. Hmm. Um, and I love the, the artificial intelligence on the ship, the gold mm. face and, and the fact that it was like partially tilted most of the movie. Yeah. 
and right. and the artificial intelligence was also a a woman with her with her abdomen pressed out and ripping open her breast. By the way, I don't know if you noticed that. I definitely noticed that it looked a lot like uh, from Metropolis, the robot from Metropolis. But so, Ashley, what did you think of this movie? You did not see. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like. Um, I don't know, a sci-fi version of a pretty reckless video. But it's it's well it's more synth, but I'll have to look with, that I'll have to look up. That's with Taylor that Mountain, lighting. Yeah. yeah. I know. I don't know. I feel like she pushes things for the sake of pushing things. So we've got a little bit of what Rob's talking about and then like the whole like weird music video thing, like that one where she's a nun and she's stripping. Um, which also goes with the whole I hate women thing. And what was that That's video again? Good. Just, you know. <laughs> just, for, just for research purposes. Re- yeah, I mean. We, I don't we remember to, what's, what song it is, but they are one of the. in our show notes there. Um, Man, I, 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 I feel in that it, it's a polarizing interpretation. Um, I, I feel like one could say that. And one could also argue that this, uh, the, the, um, one of the points of this film is that God is a woman. Um. Did not get that at all. I, I, I can understand how you might not. And I can understand how my people, people might interpret it that way. So even, uh, the directors, Seth, Seth Eicherman in my interview with them said, you're going to love it or you're going to hate it. Um, and actually I didn't do either. So, uh, for a deeper exploration into this film, guys, definitely check out our friends over at Trick or Treat Radio to uh, hear a further and deeper dive into this. As mentioned in the introduction, I'd like to introduce you all out there to our very good friend, Ashley, from A Hair Affair. Thank you so much for joining us. You're so used to being on camera that you waved. I thought that was great. Yeah. I, well, yeah. <laughs> Which is weird because I actually don't like being on video. Well, rest assured, we are not recording the video. Yes. We do not have a way to record the video. Now, I've I said. Get, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I've said many times that I don't really watch very many streams of anyone really doing anything. I'll watch some of Rob's streams to help them out and whatever, but I have on many times watched streams on you crocheting stuff. Yes. Not only to help you out, but something that I, I am not super interested in streams. I don't really ever think that I want to learn how to crochet, but I'm fascinated by watching you crochet. So there you go. I hear that a surprising amount. Like, um, so we have a large community that actually does crochet, but there's also been a lot of people who come in who don't crochet, who either come in because they're interested in extra life or because I've tagged something weird. I had an entire wow go following me at one time. And that's actually how I became affiliated on Twitch. And it was just so much fun. Like it got to the point, um, very early on where like, they didn't like crochet they didn't you know it wasn't something they were super interested in they found my stream and i was i was it was may the 4th and i was streaming star wars crochet and like they made the joke and they were like um something about it being like weird basically and like we just kind of rolled with it and they were like actually this is really cool and they started coming back every week for their guild raid nights and we would listen to um they had like a playlist that they would listen to so we would listen to that during stream and we would chat and like they would all pop in and pop out and we talk about raid and wow and all this other kind of stuff. And it was so much fun. And then it just kind of picked up and um, 
we actually have a relatively large community of people who don't crochet at all. They just like nerdy things or they like hanging out or uh, they just enjoy watching it because it's relaxing, which is something that I've heard. Like it's relaxing for me for starters because it's a repetitive motion. It's actually really good for your mental health and things like that. Um, but a lot of people find that it's, I try really hard to keep it to be a clean space. And then like, it's a lot of repetitive motion. So it's kind of fun to watch. It's kind of like watching how it's made, but with a stick and some string. That's (laughs) the best description I've heard. I've I've seen some as well. and, And I find them to be, to be very interesting, very engaging and very mentally relaxing. I I don't, I don't, I, I can't come home from a day at work and, and watch people play video games. It's hard. I, it's it just as mentally taxing, I think. Yeah. Especially like depending on what game it is. Mm-hmm. So and you're like, God, I'm never going to be that good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, you you were talking about you have you had a a WoW guild follow you, and and that's kind of where the influence spread. But uh, you do a lot of different things. Now, when we talk about doing crochet, you're not just making blankets, right? No, you're not. not you're not doing just scarves. You're doing, you know, like your BB eight, BB eight, or <laughs> which you then sent to me. <laughs> yes, and a, and a BB ninety, which are my child sleeps with every night, both of them, <laughs> or uh, an an Ewok. Uh, what, what do you call it? Like a a beanie? Oh, it's it's called a snood. A snood. It's a hood scarf scarf hood mm-hmm. thing, which he does not um, sleep in, but he does have it. <laughs> um. So the the toys that I make, so the, the three-dimensional, I mean, technically it's all three-dimensional, but we won't get into that existential crisis. Um, yeah. the, the toys that you make that are kind of like stuffed animals and things like that, those are called amigurimis. And all okay. of that word means is, it's the Japanese word that means um, that you work in the round. So instead of making a flat object, you're working in continuous rows that all connect together. Um, and honestly... Uh, I've had a lot of people come in and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you made that. And I could never do this. And the reality is that you can, anybody can do it. Um, my aunt. So when I was a kid, my aunt taught me to crochet. I was 10 and she taught me how to make blankets and she pulls out this fully formed, beautiful blanket. And I was like, oh, I want to learn to do that. So she hands me this thing that she spent probably 40 hours on and the hook and the yarn. And she just gives it to me. And she's like, you do it like this. Um, and I, at the time I didn't think that was weird. Like this, my aunt showing me how to do a thing. Neat. Uh, now I know a lot of crafters that would never in a million years hand a project to a 10 year old who doesn't know what they're doing and then give them a stick to tear it apart with. Um, so, you know, for me, like that, that was where I started and I kind of walked away from it for a little bit. And then when I first came back to Twitch, I was mainly doing blankets and I started doing the amigurumi to do, um, to fit in with, you know, some of the other stuff that was going on because there were neat patterns out there. And as I kept progressing, my aunt started crocheting again and she had some pain in her wrist really bad, but she pushed through it. And then, uh, last year for Easter, she made her first stuffed animal and it was a bunny. Um, so it was kind of like, it was just this, this really neat connection of like her teaching me something when I was little that I then turned into teaching her and it just, it kind of rolled around and, the whole reason I started streaming on Twitch was to, to teach other people. 
So the more that I was there, I was not only teaching other people, but I was learning new skills from them as well. So I've, I've kind of picked up this thing and like today on stream, we actually micro crocheted with a, a hook that was uh, 0.6 millimeters. Ooh. That's how big the, the end is. You can't even tell that it's a hook without a magnifying glass. Um, so we worked with that and it was just like, just another thing that we do. And it's, it's been so enjoyable to see and like the things that we've made. And um, my most recent BB eight is actually purple. Um, it was I would totally have sewed that to my finger with that micro hook. <laughs> I mean, I have, I've stabbed myself with it um, more times than I have actual sewing needles. Um, but we did a, we did a purple BB eight, which we, it was given away when we hit about $600 raised for St. Jude um, and now we've raised over a thousand. So that was our giveaway. And it has like a little commemorative button on the back, but he's, he's in the special edition purple color instead of his normal, uh, orange and gray. I like that. Congratulations on the hitting a thousand for St. Jude. Let's, let's, talk, let's, okay. Oh, yeah, no, I was going to get into that, Greg. I think you might've been going on the same spot. So go ahead. Mm -hmm. Oh, just how, how did you get involved in, with some of these charities? You mentioned that you were a, a affiliated Twitch streamer. Um, the people yes. out there that watch that know what that means. I kind of do basically you, Twitch is, will advertise you. Correct. And other, amongst uh, other things, amongst other things. It's a bunch of other things, but mostly what it means is that I can monetize my streams. Um, there's so you have the base level and then you have affiliate, which is it has some um, requirements for you to make. And then you hit partner and they rolled out the affiliate program uh, about a month before I or a month into me starting stream. And within a month from that point, I had hit it. Um, it's actually sometime in May, somewhere, somewhere around now will actually be my third, third, fourth, fourth year as a, a Twitch affiliate. That's um, why we but, invited you on here. This is your anniversary <laughs> party. Um, but so when I, thank you. Um, I first started streaming. I was actually on another podcast and uh, I, I had been told for a while that, you know, I should start a Twitch channel. And I was like, no one is going to want to watch me crochet. Why would you want to do that? And I was on another podcast and we were talking about, um, a little bit of crochet and then also the game murder trivia party from uh, Jackbox games. It's in, I think party pack three and they have like these cute little dolls and yep, um, I've got that. Yeah. I made, I made all of the first set and oh, now there's a second awesome. set. Um, <laughs> but so the, the, one of the people on the podcast, her name's Marsha and she, she streams with the mommy gamers. That's their, their podcast and stuff too. But she was mentioning how she has a lot of friends who would want them. So I made her one. And then I started, while we were talking about it, she's like, you know, if you're already doing these things, you should stream. And then, you know, if you're already doing it, then why not stream it? And then other people can see it and you'll go from there. Um, and I did, and I started and, um, through watching her streams, I found out about extra life and she just, she's been doing extra life since very, very beginning. She's like, she goes camping with the people who started it. Um, and what extra life is, is they raise money for children's miracle network hospitals, uh, around the country. And there is a gaming marathon that you do uh, usually in the first week in November, whatever day that time changes is the, that's the day it is. So you do a 24 hour stream is the idea and you raise money for charity. And um, I, so she just talked about it so passionately and I was like, that sounds really fun. I want to do that. So I signed up and as I was filling out uh, the registration, uh, I lived in New York at the time and you can either pick a local hospital or one that's local to your heart and as I was scrolling, 
um, it dawned on me that I could pick the, the hospital from when I was a kid. I had a hip surgery when I was four and I almost died. And it had, it had literally been like a bucket list item for me to do like one of the telethons with them. Like we used to watch them every year when I was a kid and I wanted to like raise a bunch of money and donate it and like be thankful. Um, and I just, I decided like, Hey, like I wonder if my hospital is on there and they were, and I just like, it was like that, that was my moment. And I just kind of like, a started crying. <laughs> and uh, the first year we raised just over $500. And the second year uh, we raised 1500 And last year we raised $4,200 wow. um, for my hospital. But, and that's just with extra life. Um, but I also um, actually, it was like a year, about two weeks ago it was Mother's Day weekend. I was actually privileged enough. I reached out to the hospital and I said, you know, I was a patient here. I raised money for extra life. If it's okay with you, I'd like to tour the hospital. And we did. And they brought us through and they walked us around. And I, I met um, Wadleska, who is the PR like person, the go-between for the, the charity work and stuff. And she toured the hospital with us and my mom went, uh, which I completely, the, the courage on that woman for, for going back to like a place with such horrible memories for her. Um, but it was really cool to see, like they have all these amazing things that they do and they have rooms where there's an animatronic baby in a crib. And like, they, they set up these simulations so that the parents know what to do in the event that their kid's trait comes out on the way home, Mm -hmm. like something where your child will die. Um, and that's where the money is going for. So in the case of my hospital specifically, like they have all these programs, but they, the money specifically from extra life is coming from, um, from all the gamers in the community and it goes towards a neonatal specialist. So they, it's, she covers anything that she can possibly like get her hands on for all the kids. Um, but it was just, it was really, really cool to see all of these rooms. Like some of them have board games on blankets and they have these TVs where they can interact with their teachers. And when they, they're diagnosed, they have kind of like a little homework session and it shows all of the stuff on the screen and they have to like play these games to learn about their disease so that it's a little bit less scary and they can kind of go through that. Um, and they, they have to learn about it so that they get their information and then they can go do other things. And it was just, it was amazing to see. And it just kind of solidified so much more of like why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years ago, I started with St. Jude. Um, St. Jude Play Live is really, really big on Twitch, um, more so in my opinion than Extra Life, but really heavy in the, the creative community, which is what I'm a part of. And, um, the last couple of years I've tried it and it just, it hasn't felt the same as extra life. And I think part of that is just because like, I have such that connection with my hospital. So like we, we do all these efforts to raise money and like all of this stuff and it just, it's more connected. Um, but this year being furloughed, um, I got to stream a lot more and put a lot more effort into it. And this is the first year that I'm honestly really happy with the effort that I personally have been able to put into St. Jude. And it's just, um, like I said, we've raised over a thousand dollars this month. And St. Jude Play Live this month alone has raised over 2.5 million, but since 2014 they've raised over 25 million. Um, wow! Which is just crazy, and that's just from Play Live. That's not the rest of St. Jude. Um, yeah, it's really cool, and I've met a lot of really cool people. Uh, one of them, I actually we met her through the St. Jude streams, and she's a student at Full Sail online, and she got into. Um, the game art degree because she lost her son in a drunk driving accident and she didn't know what to do with herself. And she kind of started playing games as a distraction. And she realized like how much that helped her 
So as a result of that, she started um, she started the game art degree and she's learning to make video games so that she can help in a positive way um, to help other people who have gone through situations and like she knows what an escape that is. So <laughs> that's cool. That's incredible. It's I don't know. It's been um, really amazing to be a part of. And I, I, I really can't stress like. I, I get thanked a lot, um, not like not trying to be like, haha, my ego, but like I sure. get thanked a lot um, because I'm I'm the person who's like the 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 one that you see. But I I just sit down and I talk and everybody else does all the work. Um, I'm just the one that's like, hey, you can put it in this bucket. <laughs> and it's I really can't stress enough, like the amazing people that I've met through all of this and like the friendships that I've made and the connections and just like seeing all of these stories. It's been really cool. So, so where did the uh, name Ahara Fair come from? You, you had the name before you had the rabbits, correct? I did. Um, when I was a kid, uh, I really liked bunnies and my mom, my, one of my favorite books is guess how much I love you by Sam McBratney. And it was this connection that I always had, you know, with my mom, she bought it for me again for my 16th birthday. And I still have that copy and it was just, it was a thing that we always shared. And it was, the story is, it's two little bunnies. And one of them is a little bunny and one is a big bunny. And the big one is trying, or the little one is trying to tell the big one how much he loves him. But he does it in ways like, I love you, you know, this much. And he holds his little arms out. But the big rabbit does the same thing and he has bigger arms. So he loves him more. Um, and by the end of the book, the little bunny says, I love you all the way to the moon. And the little, or the, sorry. The little bunny says that and the big bunny says um, that's really, really far. And he, he tucks him in to go to sleep. And then he whispers, I love you all the way to the moon and back. So it's like that that age old saying, like uh, between a parent and a child, like, I love you. No, I love you. No, I love you. Mm -hmm. um, so it's always kind of in that connection. So when it came to a hair affair um, and there's a little bit more like there were bunny things throughout. My boss calls me bunny um, and all this other stuff. But when it came to a hair affair, when I first started it, I had made a, a blanket for my goddaughter. So my best friend is not supposed to be able to have children. And we had always um, like talked about how I would surrogate for her. And, you know, that's how we would get around it because she was born to be a mom. And so I made this blanket when I found out that she was pregnant and we were so excited and when everybody saw it, they were like, you should start an Etsy. Like, you should have a business. And I was like, you know, I don't think it would take off. Um, but I wanted something that kind of tied in a lot of my loves together and like the friendship and also the love that my mom and I had shared. And of course, every time a baby is born, they get a copy of Guess How Much I Love You from me. Um, and it all, you know, it started with Crystalline. So she got her book and, and I wanted to tie that in. And I want I love alliteration. So a hair affair it was. <laughs> Now you just told three very sweet stories in a row. Where <laughs> clearly, you are not aware of the way this podcast works. When we usually just tell tell fart jokes and make fun of Rob for being, okay. you know, <laughs> just letting you know. So if you could, at some point, make fun of Rob to bring it back to our level, or or at least make a fart joke. Yeah, or or just fart. You don't have whatever. to do either. either of I don't those. want to fart, but I can probably go get Piper. <laughs> uh, Piper the corgi, uh, she's just yeah. holding on. Uh, Ashley's just holding on to her for me before she before I go up wherever she is and kidnap. You need to said stop doing that because 
You're going to, you're talking about kidnapping the corgi. Your wife wants to steal my dog. (laughs) I don't like it. I I actually caught him with my dog in his suitcase when he came out to California. (laughs) Listen, I took good care of your dogs. You have to love mine. I'm pretty sure that you were, that, that Ashley was watching my dogs when I was in California. Probably. Possible. Anyway, no, so those are, those are awesome. Uh, any more questions? Because we're gonna things are gonna take a turn here, I think, very soon. <laughs> very soon. Yeah. Because she made us watch a movie. I did. Yeah, and it was about amphibians. Oh, kind it of. was. It was a movie. It sure was. Maybe my next pro- project will be a frog. That's a great idea. <laughs> I give a big <laughs> one that they just had running all over the place at camp. Yeah. So a frog, but like. <laughs> On like a pile of uh, Spanish moss. Oh. <laughs> okay, let us move on to the movie that Ashley forced us to watch. <laughs> I think it was very interesting that this might this is not the oldest movie we ever covered here on the podcast, but it is the second oldest movie. I'm pretty sure because Jimmy, you went to that uh, that one black and white movie at the Enzian, but yes. We are going to talk about frogs. A movie from 1972. The youngest guest we've ever had on here and the oldest movie. <laughs> Which to me, it's funny because I still think I'm like, yeah, it's 30 years old. And no, no, it's not. <laughs> no. 1972's Frogs. Uh, released on March 10th, 1972. Directed by George McCowan. You got me there. <laughs> Uh, starring, uh, dead now, just saying, starring a lot of people that are dead now. Um, not Sam Elliott, (laughs) not Sam Elliott, but it's not starring Sam Elliott's mustache. It is not, but it is starring his, his, uh, plethora of, of chest hair. And voice, his voice. I was like, oh, that's Sam Elliott. (laughs) Was there ever a movie that this guy was in that he didn't look like an effing cowboy? I swear right. to God, just just watching him stand there, I'm like, holy shit, he's still a cowboy in 1972. What is <laughs> what is going? On? Wow, he just yeah. needs a mustache and he'll be fine. Hey, all right, he's a cowboy. Uh, 1972. He immediately started growing his mustache after this film to distance himself from this film. Also starring Ray Milland, Joan Van Ark, Adam Rourke, and Judy Pace. Now, Ashley, why'd you pick this film? Because you asked me to pick a bad movie, and okay, so the first <laughs> the first time, well, only well, I guess now I've seen it twice. Um, the first time I saw Frogs, it was um, we had a, a like a family movie night in the neighborhood, and we all like got together, and we all went over to um, Scott and Eva, who lived next door to us. We went to their house, and we all piled in the living room, and we pulled up all the couch cushions and the blankets and we all snuggled in and we watched movies and we had all gone to blockbuster. Um, Rest in peace. Yeah. Except for yeah. that one. Um, but we all went to blockbuster and we picked out the movies and we were like wandering around the aisles and I just hear my mom giggling in the corner and I'm like, what? Okay. What did you find? And she's holding up this movie called frogs and she's like this, we need to pick this one. So we get it. And um, we got a couple of others, including the movie that I refuse to watch to this day. Uh, mimic, which was horrifying, scared okay. the living hell out of me. 
mm-hmm. uh, which we watched. We didn't finish Frogs. Um, we stopped it and started Mimic. Yeah. <laughs> it was, oh, God. Uh, I wish we had watched Frogs because Mimic to this day, I can't. Like, it just looks awful. Um, but so we, we watch frogs, you know, for a little bit and then we switch and like, like I had mentioned earlier, when you asked me about a bad movie, there were certain ones that, um, that I was like, well, it's, you know, everybody else says it's a bad movie, but I like it. And I recognize that I like bad movies a lot. And this was the only one that I could think of that, like of all of the movies I've ever watched that I didn't want to watch again. Um, which in the time since like making that decision underworld four also would have worked. <laughs> yep. um, but I think frogs was frogs ended up being too perfect because, um, so the email that, that, uh, Jimmy sent back was, uh, there's a horror movie called frogs. Oh, and yeah. I, uh, so like, I, I, yeah, like I, I started looking it up again and to kind of go back to it. And then I realized it was <laughs> filmed in Florida and, you know, all of these ridiculous little things. And I was like, you know what, this is the one, this is perfect. Um, so yeah, it was like a fun throwback, and it's it's honestly one of the typical a non Floridian gets this image of the swamp, and it's like everything is terrifying, and everything wants to eat you constantly, and that's mm-hmm. nothing like <laughs> reality at all. Um, yeah, so that was <laughs> no, it's not. Um, all of the things want to eat me. Yeah, well, um, Can you blame but them? so I did think that was that was fun. <laughs> So, uh, go ahead and do the, the, did you, did you read the, the summary? Not yet. Go ahead, Jimmy. This is so, <laughs> even the summary, the official summary is just not, it's a group of helpless victims celebrate a birthday on an island estate crawling with killer amphibians, birds, insects, and reptiles. All right, hold up. These people aren't helpless victims. (laughs) They are clearly out to poison Mother Earth, and they're getting what they deserved. Yes. Except for the photographer guy. Because photographers are the best people. He laid laid in his lot with them. (laughs) True. And And the poor slaves. Yeah, like, what yeah. was that about? Yeah! My God, I forgot how racist people still were. Yeah. Okay. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I, I, gotta, I gotta ask a question, because we're on the topic. When I saw this movie, am I the only one who saw this movie and thought Judy Pace was a white lady in, in blackface? Uh, the model? Yeah, I was like... Because just the way that, that the light hit her face, I was like, is she, <laughs> is she wearing black makeup? What is... What did what is this? I had to actually look it up. I swear to God, I was like, I didn't think that. But when they first introduced her, and uh, they were like, the photographer was like, "Yeah, I came to this party, and my family's going to be really interested that I brought up." I'm like, "Uh oh, here we go." And then like, mm-hmm. then the sentence kind of went on. It's like, "Yeah, they're really going to be upset that you're a," uh... and she's like, "Model." It's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Oh, yeah, didn't think they were going good. there." Okay. <laughs> They probably weren't. (laughs) I got the same, like, very, very uncomfortable vibes when they were the, uh, her and the homemaker, chef, cook. Maybell. Yeah, Maybell. And she was like, you know, my name's Maybell, too. And I was just like, oh, my God, we're going here. (laughs) (laughs) 
My name is Martha, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be so, so first of all, this is a movie, just for our initial thoughts here, my initial thought, this is a movie that I never heard of, ever, <laughs> at all. And I was super thrilled that you pointed it out when I, you know, at first. Um, I clicked on the link that you sent, or that was sent, and... I it was YouTube and I was like, oh crap, is this going to be one of those where you can watch the first two minutes and then it's going to be like, okay, pay for YouTube Extreme or whatever they're calling it this week, and you can watch the rest of it. So I kind of clicked ahead, and literally every time I put my finger down on the the little thing, it was an animal that was not a frog. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was like a pair of lizards walking, or a snake, or more lizards, or whatever. And I was like, is this the wrong movie? <laughs> like, yeah. where where are the frogs? And then I finally found some frogs at some point. I'm like, okay. And I went back and, and it was time to watch the movie at that point. So for a movie called Frogs, there was a large, up to at a certain point, there was a fairly large lack of frogs. L- yeah. Literally, the, the titular character does absolutely nothing to any of the people <laughs> in the movie. And it's a horror movie based on frogs. And <laughs> they they do nothing to these people. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what? So, uh, so not wait, directly. Uh, well, the the croaking <laughs> drives them crazy. Okay, no, I I think you're missing the point here. Um, I think you're you're we missing got telepathic frogs. Yes, mind control frogs. Clearly, they do oh, cut yeah. away to frogs leering uncomfortably through There's windows like, as people are getting murdered. They do and banging on it. Mm-hmm. The frogs it- are controlling all the clearly non-native species of this <laughs> island yep in Florida which well, they're all b-roll right like it's like a movie full of just b-roll frogs it's, or b-roll <laughs> reptiles oh man it's the best like you're right b-roll of oh, god they'll they'll cut to uh Somebody will be kind of walking along the path and they'll look and it'll cut to this really even shittier footage (laughs) of a frog or a bug or something just going about its business. And you'll see the same clip like four times. You'll see the same clip four times, but you'll see it eight times if you count the times they just flipped it horizontally. Right? Um, and it's a completely different ecosystem too. It'll be like swamp, and then they look over, and there's like an oak tree with yeah. like pine trees or something, and a frog sitting in some grass. And you're like, what? Oh, "Don't try and to make sense out of this." Ashley, what I were you saying? I swear, in one scene, they had a lizard running across a desert. I, yeah, I was like, <laughs> um, my <laughs> personal that? favorite, and the only time that I like laughed outside of Piper tilting her head a lot over the frog sounds um, was when the one guy. Um, is attacked by the gator, but then somehow jumps on its back and is rolling around in the mud. But as the gator is moving, you can see this giant band of black tape, <laughs> like across, yep. like it's like very thick, like on the yellow belly, like just right across. And he's just mm-hmm. rolling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you can see after uh, the body, the body flips over because he's dead, and the gator's just going at it. And there's like this giant foam hole in the back of the head, and you can tell that it's a dummy. And I'm just like. What? Oh yeah, and I made I made the joke about production value, and um, Kayla's response was, "Well, 
1972 and I was like, Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and there was there was also the one scene that it kind of made me chuckle. The the girl that gets the girl that gets um attacked by the, the giant snapping turtle. Yes. Oh yeah. Her her foot is stuck in the mud. And except, then she steps back. Except she lifts it up. And I'm like <laughs> Okay, just get out. You know what you can do to a, a giant turtle? You can you can grab that stick that's next to you and just push it away. You know what you can do with a snapping turtle? Grab it by the shell and move it. Just, <laughs> just turn it around. Push it along its way. Oh, God. Use There's... it as a zombie killing machine. Just <laughs> use, yeah. yeah, use it to turn against the yeah. bugs. So, you know, we uh, to to get back to kind of the, the plot, we, we will not focus on it because it's, uh, it's, uh, it is it's a Florida it. story. Uh, Sam Pickett, a, <laughs> a freelance nature photographer, um, is, is snooping around this, uh, rich guy's island who's just determined. It's his birthday. It's a fourth of July. And he's so fucking determined to have these games go off. <laughs> Cricket. Because <laughs> because someone took his legs ten years ago or something like that. And it's he gonna go speech. off, damn it, just like it did the year before <laughs> and the year it will be after. While so he's poisoning his ecosystem. Yep. Yes. And the uh the the frogs are pissed off about it. And uh <laughs> and he, he clearly telepathically controlling all of the other, again, non-native species on this island to, oh, God, what do we have? We have uh, my favorite death. Um, you you mentioned the snapping turtle. And aside from that one, it's, it's absolutely got to be. I don't even know who any of these characters were. There was like one guy was some guy's brother. <laughs> and then his wife was there and their kids but then there was another lady who was kind of romantically interested in Sam Elliott's character. But what, why? What was the dude with the uh, the red pants and the wide open silk shirt? Hold on, that guy, the dude who was drunk all the time, Siegfried. Yeah, he got look like Siegfried from Siegfried. He looked Roy. like fucking Sergeant Pepper from the Beatles album. <laughs> that was quite the that was quite the V neck to walk through the Everglades. Not only is he, he walking through the Everglades, he's driving a boat, just slamming Budweiser's. I mean, that sounds like a normal Florida weekend. That's Did true. Did you ever do that? <laughs> That's true. But he's also oh, definitely. drinking vodka the whole time and just white pants, just spotless the whole time, though. Um, but, yeah, my favorite kill is, is not that guy. He was the other guy. He was somebody's brother. I don't know, somebody's son, whatever. Uh, shoots himself in the leg with a rifle. Yeah, and then the Spanish moss. And then he's yes. <laughs> and I had to rewind that several times just to figure out how the hell he shot himself in the leg with a <laughs> shotgun. I was like, "What just happened?" Yeah, that's uh, that's a really hard thing to do. <laughs> um, it really is. <laughs> I mean, you had to like swing it way out and kind of point it down and then pull the tree. And I'm like, what? Or maybe it hit uh, 
thick piece of steel on the ground and he just happened to like move his leg right into the ricochet or I think like the only explanation for what happened is that the frogs and Courtney Love got together and like (laughs) (laughs) clearly wow they didn't have who's controlling the moss because the moss quite obviously became sentient Uh, and like wrapped him up Courtney Love she controls the moss. Um, so, yeah, I got to talk about the opening of this movie. Yeah, with the because you mentioned the the guy speeding around on his speedboat, and of course the the opening sequence is a very very long uh, sequence right? of this guy canoeing around, taking pictures, and every time you hear the click of the camera, of course you get cut to the uh, the B roll of some sort of some sort of reptile from somewhere in the world, <laughs> and then they like. And then this guy, of course, is it's basically a shot for shot opening of uh, Sleepaway Camp, which we watched on here with the speedboat about to run over someone. But turns like at the last second and just knocks the dude out of his kayak and nicely comes back to help him, which is cool. But then he like pulls the dude out of the boat and they become friends. <laughs> like it was a very friendly chummy. Like, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> you almost killed me. Here you go. Get out in the water. When well, they, he pulled him in the water first. Yeah. But like they immediately were like, ah, come back to my house. <laughs> oh, I thought they knew each other. I don't think they no. did. No, they did I, I know. But I, the I sister was, like, was totally into him, though. Uh, I, I, That's on seeing that, though, I was like, oh, they, oh, they yeah. must know each other. It's like, no. Yeah, I kind of got that feeling as well. Yeah. I'm going to take the canoe. Cool. I'm going to take the speedboat. I'll try not to run you over. <laughs> Yeah, it was a it was a weird, weird like opening, and of course the guy is the environmentalist type. Now I also had a problem with the old dude because, like, I didn't know if he was supposed to be like villain or not. Like, because pollution wasn't quite as big a deal in 1971. <laughs> like, well, to some the, people the, it was, Greg. It was. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Hippies. If it were more of a deal <laughs> did you, did you, to people, did you see what? Did you see Woodstock? Like, I mean, it wasn't really a big deal until Nixon made it a big deal. It was which mud, is you asshole. Can I, can I say that during the opening credits, because when he was taking pictures, it was always one when he took a picture, the the it was the opening credit. So there would be like, you know, produced by or whatever. But it was also a picture of like all of the pollution that was happening around this island. And mm-hmm. as he's taking these pictures, I because I watched it with my friend Jimmy and I and I turned to Jimmy and I'm like, you know, in one of these pictures, I kind of half expect to see some crying Indian or something. Yeah. Would, because yeah. it seemed like it was a frigging commercial for <laughs> for like pollution. I was, it was like, like an old school Pepsi can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But not, you know, uh, from from the actual Floridian standpoint of me, not any different from what it looks like today. True. No. <laughs> true. Yeah, very true. So, yeah, then like he was on and I'm like, well, this guy is sort of a comedic villain for the time. But he's kind of not as bad as what you actually see these days. So I was kind of like, fuck this guy. I was rooting for the frogs the entire time because you knew he yeah. was going to get it. You knew he was the the final girl, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess she would have she would have he would have to live. But um, I'm like, yeah, this guy is definitely set he, up for something terrible. You know who I would compare him to? The the old man in Trick or Treat. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the last, the last thing that you got to knock off before the movie ends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not necessarily a bad guy, but you know he's there, so you know you kind of. They have managers. 
He's got to go. Yeah. The after when they get to the house, I did, and I I couldn't tell if this was satire or something that was supposed to be cool or what. But the the dude that was bragging about his uh, his uh, high school like touchdown passing record when he was talking to the other guy the two shirtless guys standing there like ah yeah my wife made me put this jersey up in the house because she was really psyched or whatever he would say when i when she found out that i had scored more touchdowns than anyone in eastern high school and he's like that is such a weird way and then he then he taps him on his bare belly and walks out of the room like yeah and they no. were quite obviously not the same size. Where the hell did they get the clothes for Sam L.A. to change into? <laughs> Made from frog skin. Ooh. That's why the frogs were so pissed. <laughs> you They're just heard. all con- convenient high waters now. You sewed my friends into a shirt. You now must die. <laughs> and, and basically, this movie is just a montage of people getting killed by by critters because mm-hmm. that's kind of how this happens. Um, Jimmy, you told us your favorite your favorite kill. Hmm. Did, did everybody else have another one? Because I, I had like two that I was like, what? I kind of liked the greenhouse just because it, I for, for when I first saw it, I kind of thought that those were jars of urine. The, the iguanas <laughs> like, they turned into poison on them, Greg. Damn. The iguanas turned into cats and just started like knocking shit off the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> That's my number two. I think that was because, my favorite. Like, so if you knocked all of this, like, so, so all this stuff falls down, right? And it's fuming and you're in an enclosed space. Obviously, the intelligent thing to do is to walk into it to yeah. investigate. Like, yeah. what? Well, put your face directly into the steaming yeah. but, liquid. But also, smoke. Yeah. Yeah. The end of that also had like two very, very sinister looking Cuban lizards. Like, mm-hmm. it was, like, all of these non-native species and then straight up Florida. And I, I found that particularly funny, mostly because um, when I worked at uh, one of the theme parks that shall not be named, we would get people from all over the place. And they would come in and, like, you know, we have all of these uh, amazing animals to see. And they would come in and like, they'd be like, taking pictures of the lizards. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what? We've got a tiger right there. Yeah, and it would be like these these little tiny lizards running along, and I'm like, "Do you want to hold it? Like, hold on, like, let me watch. Do this; it'll stick to your ear." Like, (laughs) well, you're totally from Florida. And and what was what was hilarious (laughs) about that was the friggin' lizards could open the door. Yeah, he got to the end and couldn't get the door open. And then in the very next scene, Sam Elliott kind of walks up and just like breathes on the door and it opens. And I'm like, what was the problem? Why couldn't you get out? Yeah. I I also liked the um, the scene with Aunt Flo or whatever the hell her name was wandering Trimbling in the- through the woods. Wandering aimlessly through the woods for no reason whatsoever. And then she got into like a wrestling match with like this little sapling that was in the way. And it, and she was like, it was attacking her. And she's like, Ugh, uh, she's like fighting with, with this one little sapling that's like leaning in front of her. And I'm like, she was going out to catch butterflies, man. Yeah, that's what, Mrs. Garrett. That's what she we looked, call the butterfly effect, by the way. She looked totally like Mrs. Garrett from the. Not what that is. 
to me. She, uh, I wrote. Yeah, there's. I, I I wrote down here in the notes. Uh, the real tragedy of this movie here is the older woman's butterfly hunting outfit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought the real real tragedy was what the what those frogs did to that poor cake. But also <laughs> dementia. I mean, cl- it's a thing. she's clearly like somebody should have been watching her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was a failure of her support system. Yeah. Well, I mean, her support system also said it's okay for us to be ugly because we've paid a lot of taxes. Yeah, ugly, ugly yeah. not looks wise, ugly like yeah, assholes. Like personality yeah. wise. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I, I actually wrote that down as well. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's. I think actually right after that, that's when I wrote, I'm kind of rooting for the frogs here. <laughs> and devious. God, I, like I said, I watched this, I watched this with my friend Jimmy and it was, it was just a total MST3K vibe that he <laughs> had going on for this whole movie. And it was, it was hilarious. I enjoyed the shit out of watching this movie with a friend and just talking crap the whole movie. It was great. Now, if, if you were being hunted, and systematically picked off. First of all, you mentioned that it was like a montage of people getting killed. It mm-hmm. actually reminded me of like any of the slasher movies, like Halloween and on, where it was like each character separates from the rest of them, gets killed in some unique way, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting because it's kind of like the the animal version of a slasher movie, which those didn't really become popular for another six or seven years. So I thought that was actually kind of a cool it, thing. Yeah. Good. No, it, it sure was, man. And it was paced like that, too. Um. So that that was cool. But the one thing that did stick out to me is if you're getting hunted by by sea creatures or by swamp creatures, I don't think I would pick the canoe to be my choice of escape. No, probably not. Did they really have an option? I mean, because the the did, dude what, took the speedboat. Okay, the speedboat got taken. Was there a car at all? Or they were on an island. They were on guess, an right? island, Greg. They were on an island. Yeah, they're on an island. But then okay, somehow but he manages to drive it right into the only tree that's hanging in like this 300 foot wide water body of water. And I'm like. And then gets out of the boat like someone who's never been on the water in Florida ever up just deep in water to push the boat. Hell no. What the? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> that was nothing. That was the one part that I actually got horror movie suspense, and I'm like, nope. Yeah. That made. But I did have to laugh because he he took the oar to beat the snake away or whatever. And um, one of my favorite photographers, he's known for photographing Florida. His name is Clyde Butcher, and he he wades out. I don't I don't know how old he is, but he's got like a big Gandalf beard, so like white full on. He's got to be at least sixty. Um, but he wades out into the swamps with an old like box camera, like Victorian age camera. Yep. And, um, he wades out into the swamps with it and takes pictures and they asked him, they're like, well, what do you do when there's gators? And he was like, I just tap them with a stick. (laughs) And I was like, so I was watching that and I was like, okay, that's Florida. Yeah. Just tap them with a stick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, The same thing actually startled me at that part. Well, how about how about the snake that was hanging from the chandelier that he shot <laughs> with a with a freaking revolver from a wheelchair across the room, and the snake falls out of the chandelier and lands on a white tablecloth, and there's like no marks whatsoever. I was like, did he did he hit it or did the snake have a heart attack? What what just happened? 
if, uh, <laughs> if, I was like, what the f- you, yeah, I, you should know better to, to than to look for sense in these movies. Um, did, but it was so much fun. It was so much fun. I like the uh, the time that he shoots an alligator with a shotgun, and there's just like this little. And I was like, that wouldn't have done anything. No, that just turns red. Make it mad all around. Yeah. Oh, you done? You done fucked up? <laughs> now they're gonna keep coming after you. And. And the the scene with the canoe, just to go back to that, when he hops out and it's like he's chest deep, he is quite obviously sticking his legs out to make it seem deeper than it actually is. Because when the snake comes, he stands up and the water's at like his knee. And I was like, (laughs) why didn't you just stand up to begin with, Jabroni? Come on. (laughs) Did did we even talk about the fact that Sam Elliott is in this movie? Like, we talked a little bit, but we didn't really mention... My, like first of all, Sam Elliott, oh, good looking dude. Good looking mm-hmm. dude. Uh, no mustache. Like in still, this, which I, I think we talked about before. <laughs> still we still a good looking we man. About, yeah, uh, we have talked about Sam Elliott's mustache before. Um, which twenty minutes? I, I said I want to live in Sam Elliott's mustache. Yeah. Was it was it him or Tom Selleck that even inspired to give me five? Because it was one of those mustaches I think that inspired to give me five. It was Tom Selleck from it the. Was. Um, from the runaway, the, runaway, yeah, wasn't runaway. Okay. Yeah, but Sam Elliott won the mustache battle. Oh, I believe. without question. Which is funny that he's not with this. He was apparently he had been in some movie, bef- or no, I'm sorry, because of this movie, some, they saw him shirtless and they they cast him in some like lifeguard movie afterwards. <laughs> um, but even when he was just an up and coming actor in this, he kind of brought this movie in a little air of legitimacy to, in my mind, just because of who he is. Um, I love that dude. Yeah. Um, also, you know, Joan Van Ark as well. Like I'd heard the name. I was like, oh. was she the sister? She was Karen, I think. The one that was interested in him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought she was the best in the in the movie. She was the best actor in the movie. Mm-hmm. And and well known actor. Yeah. Now this movie got made. I I found information because I forgot. I was wondering why when you started we started looking at uh, animal movies for a little for something, which we'll figure out in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them were made in the seventies. Um, did you know why? Like most of these big animal movies came out in the seventies. There was it paused. I don't know. Cause the movie Willard was a massive hit in 1971. Really? The movie about the rat, the rat mm-hmm. was a huge, huge hit. As a result, oh. you got the movie, Ben, the Michael Jackson movie about a rat. Uh, and then Stanley, which was literally a complete ripoff of Willard, the rat. And then of course it led to frogs, uh, a movie, which I thought that no one else knew, but me, but apparently that's not right. Night of the Lepus, uh, another movie called bug, a movie called squirm. Uh, there's a movie called the pack about a pack of rabid dogs, empire of the ants. And then basically slamming the door shut. Cause no one was going to do it better. Jaws closed that out. Oh, packs of rabid dogs are terrifying. That's true. Yeah. But it was interesting. When was, and I, when was Cujo? Uh, 80s, early oh, okay. 80s. Uh, this was actually, I found a book called Horror Films of the 1970s, just where I got some of this information. John Kenneth Muir wrote it, and it was, uh, it was. I read the whole chapter about the 70s animal movies, which I thought that was kind of an interesting little thing. Nice. Hmm. Yeah. I kind of want to read the rest of that book, actually. It's on Google uh, Books, by the way. You can read it for free. Neat. Yeah. I know way too much about 70s animal movies now. Now that you do... <laughs> 
Guys, the our our question that we uh, usually ask at the end of these things: Should this film be remade? Ashley, go first. <laughs> There's your answer. Yes. <laughs> yes. It yes, should. it should. She says yes. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Starring Dwayne Johnson as the frog. So now that we've talked at length about frogs, we ask our question of the week. That is going to be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to do my best here. What are the top five uh, movies or movie titles featuring otherwise non-threatening animals? So uh, a, a movie where the uh, the killer, uh, if you will, was so ridiculous and and not an animal that you would normally think for their ferocity. So let me go ahead and, and start with mine. All right, kind of kind of set the stage here. So for the people out there, this is basically the the name of the movie has to be something that is completely diametrically opposed to what actually happens in the movie basically. The badassness of the Oh, I thought it was just movies that where the the main focus of the movie is something that is not normally very threatening. Yeah. Rob is correct. That's right. Rob, Greg just put it a weird way. Uh, so, for example, a chipmunk is not normally something that people will be scared of, but I'm sure there is a chipmunk horror film out there. Right? So, I wouldn't doubt it. Alvin and the Chipmunks was pretty terrifying. Uh, <laughs> depends on what drugs you're on when you're watching it, I guess. Only for your ears. That's... That's... She's right. Uh, so my number five is going to be uh, the Peter Jackson involved black sheep film about murderous sheep. Uh, number four, uh, not quite making it as uh, high on my list, is going to be Frogs. Uh, movie was absolutely ridiculous. I loved every second of it. But it's not the most ridiculous film on my list. Number three is going to be Night of the Lepus, a 1972 film about murderous rabbits. My number two is going to be the movie Zombievers. <laughs> ah, freaking love No that introduction or explanation needed. Side note for that one. A few years ago in Canada, because of course, uh, Beaver actually killed the guy. And that is, I'm not even kidding. That's going to be off my list because it just got too real. Not a zombie though, just a regular beaver. Are you sure? No. I guess mm, it could have been a zombie been. My number one, absolutely ridiculous. Normally, uh, one isn't quite terrified of what they eat one day of the year, but that's going to be the movie Thanksgiving. Is it about a murderous turkey? Yes. Excellent. So that is my list. Who's going next? <sighs> well, I was going to see. I have Jojo Rabbit at number five. It's got a rabbit in it. We had Ashley here, but apparently <laughs> not. I haven't actually seen it yet. I need to, but but I will. I will just. But Jojo Rabbit, it's a good movie with an animal name and pretty badass movie but anyway uh number five is now frogs number four night of the lepus by the way i thought I, that was a movie i thought that no one else had seen on the planet there is a scene involving a giant rabbit chasing people on a roof and there there's something with a baby 
and the baby is very clearly a loaf of bread. <laughs> or like a or a fruitcake or something. I, I've been it's been a while since I've seen it, but the baby is wrapped in like a it's black and white movie, I think, if I remember correctly, but it's wrapped in what would probably be a red and white checkered handkerchief. And it's like a meatloaf. I don't know what it is, but it's not meatloaf <laughs> baby. Yeah. We need to watch that at some point. Maybe have Ashley come back since you know keep go with the rabbit themes. Anyway, number uh, three. I haven't seen this one one in a while either, but I had to throw bats in there. Uh, this movie was supposed to be a big deal when it came out, and it was not good. Okay. It was a movie about killer bats. Uh, number two, Zom Beavers. And number one had to go with classic, The Birds. Mmm. Good list. Good list. Uh, do you want me to go next, or do we, do we want to save Ashley for last? I can, you can go. Or Ashley? I don't know. Ashley looks I'm terrified. I'm going for whatever. Yeah, Ashley <laughs> terrified. Yeah, yeah okay. she, she did. I, I was like, oh, God, does she have a list? I, <laughs> I don't want to make a decision, that's all. Uh, <laughs> fair, enough. fair enough. All right, I will go next. So... I, I really I really wanted to include Monty Python, but I know it didn't it didn't feature the rabbit, but that's one of my favorite killer rabbit scenes. I yeah. that is that is without question one of my favorite scenes in the movie. But at number five, I will probably put them. It's uh God, was that a seventies movie? I think it was a seventies movie about giant radioactive ants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll do them at number five. At Number four, I will put Black Sheep because that movie was friggin' hilarious. Mm-hmm. I it was it was just great. I loved it. At number three, uh, the, I, I feel bad putting it at number three because it's a classic. But I had the birds on my list. At number two, I'm going to go with Zombievers as well. Fair enough. Love that movie. But at number one, I'm surprised it didn't make either of your lists, and that's going to be The Fly. Ah. It may. It did make my sub list. That didn't, oh. I didn't. Your honorable mention. I, just, I I wrote down everyone I could think of, and then moved them on up. And The Fly you said. was actually was actually so terrifying and gross that I I let it move up. I, I didn't let it like I didn't. I don't know. It, it didn't. It was always a scary idea to me, so that's why. Mm. The other things like of mice and men, not about mice. Orca, which could have, which. Oh, but that's not a, naturally a harmless animal, though. What we think of them is kind of cute. <laughs> like, that's true. You're right. I mean, that's why. Did, that's why I didn't move up, but it was on there, and I was like, well, you know, we kind of think of them as, you know, oh, it's Shamu. I mean, I get a stuffed animal of them, but then you watch them throwing you know, sea lion carcasses in the air. You're like, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. They got to get the skin off and they don't have fingers. <laughs> oh dear. That's why. Wow. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Oh dear. Anyway, uh, Ashley. Uh, <laughs> um, you have to go I now. Am, <laughs> I'm going to cheat a little bit um, and, and break the rules on my number one, but number five has to be frogs because of course um, I actually had a hard time thinking of movies for this one. Uh, especially putting them in order. I don't even know if I have five, but anyway. Um, so frogs. And then Rob mentioned slugs earlier, which is the mm-hmm. movie that I have seen. It's terrible, um, mm-hmm. but definitely a non-threatening animal. And then uh, let's see. 
Black Sheep reminded me of the movie The Witch, which had some really sinister sheep in it. Uh, oh, yeah. And then Black Phillip. <laughs> Black Phillip. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, there was one other one, and I can't remember what it is now. Uh, but it was suggested to me that the Pinky and the Brain movie, because they're oh, devious okay. mice. Uh, but my number one, and I I am cheating, will be Monty Python and the Holy Grail because of the bunny, and it fits. Cause we will we will I, allow it. We'll accept <laughs> that. Yep. Um, and then this one is up for debate, but I'll go back to Mimic because the main character is an alien cockroach. And I would say they're sinister, but I mean, technically not something that you think would kill you. So there you go. Only if they touch you. The flying I'm just <laughs> yeah, you can you can saddle our cockroaches here in Florida. Yeah, yeah. It's always fun when someone that is not from Florida runs into a cockroach and does not realize that they fly. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> there was um, a couple of years ago in New York, it got hot enough that they were releasing like news announcements that the roaches in the subway might begin to fly because of how hot it was, and I was just sitting there like, I just want to watch. <laughs> Yeah. So, so how can people reach out to you? How can they watch you? How can they learn to crochet and buy things and all that stuff? Uh, I am on almost every social media platform except for TikTok because I am over thirty and I don't hate Thank myself. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as a hair affair, and hair is H A R E. Um, I stream on Twitch uh, with a kind of irregular schedule due to being furloughed, but almost every day. As of late, we've been sewing masks. We're up to almost six hundred. And um, crocheting a little bit here and there. And then I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook um, also as a hair affair. That's awesome. And uh, oh crap, I closed the notes. <laughs> and oh, I have to talk now. So we are the Gibby Five Podcast. So if you know that, you can uh, of course go to gibbyfivepodcast.com to check out all of our stuff as I frantically scroll down through the notes here. You can find us. We've said this every time for like 135 episodes, so we should know it by now. But anyway, give me five pod at Twitter and Instagram. Give me five podcast at gmail.com. Please like us, review us, uh, follow us, subscribe to us, all that stuff whenever you think about it. And uh, then go to our store and buy some of our new stuff. You know, our guest tonight mentioned Blockbuster. Uh, rest in peace. I don't know. I'm doing the sign of the cross. I don't know how that actually works. You, you need to do it over your womb. I was going to say it has to glow. It has to glow and it has to, I have to start at my vagina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, do that. Uh, you can go to our store and we do have a new blockbuster theme shirt, which I need to order one of. And I already did. Mine's coming. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I sent you the, the link. Cool. Um, very cool. And we have a couple other new shirts as well as our new farts shirt. Thank you, Jimmy. Yes, Jimmy. Thank you. Setting the t-shirt world on fire. So check that out and check out all the past episodes on our website. Thank you for listening. Now, I do have a little question for you for next week because I'm going – I'm willing to give you guys an option. Uh-oh. What are we going to watch next week? Well, there's there's a couple that are a little bit more mundane, but I know you're familiar with them. The Secret of Nim, Weird Science. Have we ever done Willow or did I just make Greg watch it? No, we did Willow. We did Willow. Okay. But <laughs> – the ones that I was fairly interested in that I wanted to give you the choice of is the gem starring Rowdy Roddy Piper 
they live or the movie that we had talked about that reminded me a lot of the artwork from my best friend's exorcism deadly friend i could do those i hate the secret of nim if i remember correctly or is that the other rabbit movie with people killing each other i like the idea of uh deadly friend deadly friend well yeah i think so if we can find it and make it happen we will do deadly friend next week excellent otherwise it may be they live say goodbye jimmy goodbye jimmy goodbye jimmy It'll never get old. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. My favorite. I'm sorry. Corpses. A frog on a pile of corpses. I'm sorry to go back to it, but at one point when they were trying to make this serious, you know, eco thriller point where the frogs were uh, swarming, there was one, uh, one frog, one big frog, had another frog standing on its back. And it was like (laughs) facing the other way. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can't take those motherfucking frogs seriously. (laughs) <laughs> it's got another frog on its back. <laughs>